You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is the fantastic Kate Majuk. You can follow her on Twitter at FFBallBlast. Kate, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. I'm bummed because we have no Thursday night football. We got spoiled this week with Tuesday night football. So that just gives us a little bit more time to prep for week six. And, uh, you know, it's it's an interesting time for us to be recording this because we've got some some breaking news right now, uh, sort of. Maybe yes. potentially breaking news yeah. with the the Le'Veon Bell news. So you know, Le'Veon Bell rumored to have uh, narrowed down his free agency choices to the Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills, and Miami Dolphins, all of which are playing the New York Jets within the first, <laughs> last or the next three weeks, which is just absolutely incredible. Go Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, go Le'Veon Bell. Um, let's go ahead and let's talk about Le'Veon Bell. So again, we're recording this, you know, early Thursday morning. It sounds like Bell has narrowed down his choices to uh, the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Chiefs. I wanna, I wanna start with this, Kate. Where is his dynasty value at? Just in a vacuum right now, if we can pick the perfect situation for him, and I'm not even quite sure where where that's at right now, but. Um, I'm going to ask you that. What is the perfect situation? Where is the best landing spot, and what is his value right now? Because again, I, I was looking at his stats before we came on the show, and he hasn't rushed for 100 yards since 2017. It's been a long time. Uh, the version of Bell that we saw last year with the Jets uh, didn't look explosive. He's been injured over the last two years. Um, you know, he's getting a little bit older now. Uh, he's 28 years old. How much how much value does Bell really have left? So I think we're we've got to consider Bell the you know Pittsburgh Steelers running back a thing of the past. I think what we need to find is an offense that's willing to utilize him as a receiver. As we know, that's like that that is where his his great skill set is. Um, you know, if you're not going to put him behind an elite offensive line, you need to get him split out wide as a receiver. Honestly, <laughs> this is like this is going to sound completely crazy, but I could absolutely picture him having uh, immediate value with the Kansas City Chiefs. And not to say that 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 would even be toast to CEH, but Le'Veon Bell, if you just strictly used him as a wide receiver and didn't didn't even give him a you know a significant role with carries, if you just gave him like six touches a game. Uh, maybe a couple of those uh, rushing attempts, but use him as a receiver. And I think you might have a, a better uh, a better use for him and, and a more productive use for him in whatever offense he's in. But imagine him with the Chiefs. If he can just get a couple of those passes from Patrick Mahomes, he's got immediate dynasty value for, for win-now teams. But 
outside of a signing like that, even if he goes to like the Bills or Miami, where do you? I don't think he has value there. No, I I don't think he has value, especially in Miami. I, I don't see it at all. They've already got two running backs in Matt Breda and in uh, Jordan Howard that they don't use. Uh, they're playing Miles Gaskin over both those guys. So, um, I, okay. So I want to go back to Bell really quickly. So. Are we basically valuing him now like a James White type of player? Because I think I, I think everybody knows the RB1 upside is gone, right? He, he just doesn't have that anymore. We're just looking for somewhere where he can be a low-end RB2, high-end flex plate at this point, right? That That's what I think, and I think the comparison to James White... Uh, is is a great one because you know just sort of like I mentioned like when I'm I'm considering the value of James White I do not consider his his rushing value a part of that equation I consider his availability as a pass catcher um, and that's sort of how I look at Le'Veon Bell moving forward and maybe that's a good comp um, as far as value because it's not like James White holds a ton of value in dynasty leagues either um, no but he can give you good spot starts here and there if you need him and I just think that's that's the point we are with uh, with Le'Veon Bell right now right I think that's a great comparison now it seems like I said out of all of these matches I think that the Chiefs would be the best fit for Le'Veon Bell just in general I think that would be uh, I think it's possible for him to sign with the team but have minimal impact on CEH. What do you think? I I don't think if he goes to Kansas City, he holds that much value long term. Right now, maybe they use they use Le'Veon Bell, you know, to, to get him through the regular season some, and then they move on in the offseason. I I don't see this as a long term move, and I don't think if you're a Clyde Edwards player owner, you're not worried about what Le'Veon Bell is doing this year. You 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 pay the number one pick in the draft because. Uh, you believe long term he's going to be an RB one? I, I just don't think. I, here's what it really comes down to me. I don't think Bell's that good anymore. I really don't. I th- he looks slow. He looks a little heavy. Um, yeah, I mean he can do some things as a receiver, but even in the passing game, he doesn't look as quick as he used to used to anymore. So, in a Kansas City offense, I know the excitement of why people are uh, you know thrilled about him potentially landing there. I just. I think Kansas City wants to play fast, and I don't think Le'Veon Bell does that anymore. I, I really don't. But the question is, so when we are looking at uh, assets in the Kansas City Chiefs, liken him to maybe a Damian Williams, who, um, you know, entering this year, I don't think any of us were super high on Damian Williams as a pure rusher. We were looking at his his ability as a pass catcher. Um, and, and I think that's sort of how I would consider Le'Veon Bell. Again, not based on the rushing ability whatsoever, but um, definitely has a higher ceiling for me in any of these offenses than he does with the Jets. But I don't, I don't know if if he lands with the the Chiefs, I can see him being a viable flex play week in and week out, just receiving upside uh, alone. Yeah, go, uh- Especially with the absence of Sammy Watkins, who's uh, probably going to be out several weeks with a hamstring injury. I just don't love the talent anymore. And I, I guess don't that's either. What I don't either. So, like, long-term I, dynasty you're... play, I'm out. Uh, but if he happens to be on my rosters, because there are a couple of places where I haven't been able to uh, trade him because I just haven't sure, been yeah. able to reap any value. And you know what? In those circumstances, if I'm in a win-now position – 
he might actually do something for your fantasy teams, especially in a time where you are so ridden with injuries and there are so many problems in depth for your dynasty teams. It's worth considering. I will just say that I have Le'Veon Bell in one dynasty league and I'm praying that he lands with the Chiefs so I can immediately trade him, right? Because there's going to be one of the owners in my league that believes it's the best fit and that's going to return him to RB1 value. It also helps that I play with a lot of Steeler fans who still believe Bell is a fantastic running back. So <laughs> I'm going to try to move him here in the next couple days. Uh, we'll, we'll circle back. I'll let you know if I have any uh, any good offers there. Um, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Pepsi. Thanks to a natural lack of athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. All right, Kate, uh, on Monday's show, we talked a lot about Chase Claypool and where he fits in with the Steelers wide receiver core. Um, We asked, you know, I'm going to ask it to you again. Is he the the wide receiver to own right now in Pittsburgh, even over Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson? I think he is. Um, and this is this is like my uh, a couple of things. So I, I'm a Steelers fan. I really liked Chase Claypool. I think it was a great draft fit. Um, but I liked him in the pre-draft process. I I, I just mm-hmm. I, I liked the talent. I liked the speed. I liked the physicality. Um, you know, he is a big boy who uh, has all of the physical dominance of a, a smaller build wide receiver. But he, he's been able to, to overcome his size and maintain the speed. I think he could be the guy to own. And that's not to say that you trade uh, Juju for Chase Claypool straight up. And no, it's no. not to say that you trade Deontay Johnson for him straight up. But I, I think... This is like lightning in a bottle, right? And Sure, yeah. I think I said it on Monday. Ben Roethlisberger is just such a, um, such a guy about the ebbs and flows. And uh, he, he likes to get in that groove with his guys. And if he's uh, getting in a groove with Chase Claypool, which, like, he's made some big plays. Like, big catches, big time, uh, just big time plays. And I think that... Um, I can't imagine uh, a situation where, you know, we don't continue to see that. Yeah. So before the show, we were talking about some of these rookie receivers. And um, again, just a historic rookie class. I'm really hoping that you invested, uh, you know, a lot of picks in this class. Um, I want to go through the top drafted receivers and you know compare them to chase claypool i'm going to ask you which ones you would rather have so henry ruggs was was the first receiver in this draft um i think everybody understood when the raiders drafted him that he probably is going to have more you know value on the football field for the raiders than fantasy football value or dynasty value uh so that one's pretty easy right we'd probably rather have chase claypool yep okay uh the next wide receiver was jerry judy how do you stand with that one claypool or judy uh, the fact that you even are sighing here just tells you how much we've learned about Claypool, right? I mean, that's you, we would have done this three weeks ago; it would have been insane. So you know what? It's it is it's really tough for me because you know when you think of 
dynasty value. You think of the traits. I like. I think it's still got to be Jerry Judy. But um, when you think of you know the other aspects that go into evaluating a prospect for dynasty leagues, uh, it you know it's not just the receiver. Like when you're you're going into uh, the pre-draft process, it's just about the receiver. What what traits do they have? But no, now they're they're in real NFL offenses and. Um, you know, I, I think you have to wonder, like, what sure. what is going on in Denver? What does that look like long term? They just lost uh, they just lost Melvin Gordon maybe for a couple of games. And, it, you know, it just seems like there's there's so many moving pieces. Is Drew Locke the real deal? I don't know. There are so many question marks in that oh, offense. Yeah. Jerry Judy has looked amazing. Um, but I have more questions about their offense uh, and their just entire NFL roster as a whole than I do about the Steelers. And that that does give Chase Claypool a couple of extra points. So it's it's closer than I, I'm comfortable admitting to the general yeah, public. Well, so here's the thing. If you were just to block out the names and block out where they went to college, I mean, Notre Dame and Alabama aren't all that different, <laughs> right? But there's definitely a, a belief that Alabama receivers are dominant. But you look at these two as prospects, right? Claypool is the one with maybe more touchdown upside. He's the one with more size. He's the one that tested as an elite athlete. I love Jerry Judy, but he didn't test as an elite athlete. He just doesn't have the same explosion, um, you know, in vertical ability that Claypool has. So I probably would still lean Judy, but what we've seen over the first five weeks of the season does make that quite a bit closer. Um, it, we'll, it we'll does. That it's one. uncomfortable. Yeah. Again, I, it yeah, is very I would love to come back to this. I don't love this. it, but I think you have to get that way. Yeah. I, I think we should come back to this in maybe like three weeks and just see how do we still feel. I just think it's a really interesting. Um, sure. It's an interesting comparison because you're right. The, the physical traits of Chase Claypool are just so hard to ignore. But then you look at the draft capital and what Jerry Judy was supposed to be. And he still sure. has plenty of time to be. So. Interesting. I, uh, uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, that, again, that one makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't love, I don't love, uh, if I had a Judy, I wouldn't feel great about trading him away for Claypool. So probably each owner is just holding there. Um, how about CD Lamb? CD. Okay. Yeah, CD's on pace for about 1,400 yards a season. Uh, he looks like an absolute superstar in an offense that uh, should be really good long term. I know Dak Prescott's out. Uh, but he's tied to a good quarterback for the foreseeable future. You're not giving up C.D. Lamb. From now on, it gets a little interesting. How about uh, Justin Jefferson? Oh. I, I, I'm going to be honest. Both of these were so close. Like when we had sort of just run through this list earlier, I don't even remember what I was thinking at that time. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I, I like Justin Jefferson quite a bit as well. Um, how about Jalen Rager? Now, that's just somebody that I love pre-draft. I still love. I know the injuries are a little concerning, but it's not anything that's – I don't feel like it's anything that he can control. It's a, a thumb injury. But Jalen Rager in this Philadelphia offense, you know, who you're going to be waiting on for the next, what, five, six weeks to come back, or Chase Claypool, who has value right now. I would definitely ch- take Chase Claypool, and that goes um, – you know, just in terms of what we've seen so far, I, we haven't seen a large sample size of Jalen Rager. But again, going back to those those other aspects of uh, the, you know, what brings a player dynasty value, uh, like look at their long term situation. 
I worry about the Eagles long term. What do they have in Carson Wentz? Are they going to stick with them? How long are they going to wait for uh, him to look better? Are you going to, uh, you know, continue to to keep him under center until you get point. Uh, yeah. all of these receiving assets right? There's so many questions for me surrounding that offense outside of Miles Sanders that I don't. I don't know. I, like, I can see exactly where Chase Claypool fits, but I don't know how Jalen Rager fits in the grand scheme of things because I, I don't know where the Eagles fit in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it does worry me a little bit. Like, if they eventually do turn over to Jalen Hurts, uh, I, I think Rager's value would decrease a little bit. Um, I don't think he throws the deep ball quite as well as Carson Wentz does. So I am a little bit concerned. Um, let's do rapid fire here really quickly. Uh, Brandon Ayuk or Claypool? Claypool. Okay. Uh, T. Higgins or Claypool? Claypool. And I'm assuming Michael Pittman or Claypool is Claypool? Claypool. <laughs> LaVishka Chenault or Claypool? Claypool. And then the only other receiver drafted ahead of him was KJ Hamler. And if you were up in the air about Jerry Judy, there's just no way that you're trading no. uh, KJ Hamler for Claypool. No, so, and I, I mean, do want to be clear to our listeners: I am not just uh, this reactionary a person, um, because again, Chase Claypool is a guy that I was much higher on than I think like the general consensus in the dynasty community. I have him on almost all of my dynasty rosters because like he was available in the late second early third rounds which is insane mm-hmm. and i like i almost pulled the trigger on him in the early second because i i believe in the talent and i believe in the physicality and i believe in the offense but so this is not just me reacting to a four touchdown game um this is me uh, seeing that four touchdown game as a, a validation um, and not just that game, just the, the plays that he's made so far on the field. It, it's it's validating for me. Should have been a five touchdown game. It should but, have uh... been a five touchdown <laughs> game. But you know what? They, they took that away. And I will say on. So on Saturday, I was I was talking with some friends and I just went on a long rip about Chase Claypool and how how so excited I am. And I looked like a maniac. But you know what? <laughs> the right. next day, <laughs> he had this performance, and I feel like he was just like thanking me personally for for the uh, kind words that I put in play for him. Yeah, isn't that great when you you say something and it's validated just the very next day, and you just yes. shoot your, your friends a text like, I, "Hey, I told you so." Oh, this you better believe we were in that group chat immediately, <laughs> immediately talking about uh, what a stud Chase Claypool is. So. Yeah, it is. It's a good feeling. And, you know, so this is it's really just, you know, validating the evaluation I had from him for the get go. So I yeah, I I just love this kid. He's so fun. So we don't have a ton. Yeah, we don't have a ton of trade data yet for Chase Claypool. Um, We'll go through a couple of these really quickly. Uh, This is a 10 team league. It looks like it just to start one quarterback, but. Um, it's too, wow. Chase Claypool, Baker Mayfield, and a first round pick in 2021 for Joe Burrow. That seems rich. That's uh, quite rich, especially <laughs> yeah. in a single quarterback. But I think even in a, a two quarterback or super flex format, uh, you've got to go rich. with Chase Claypool. Like Baker yeah. Mayfield is nothing special. He, he can, you know, as far as quarterbacks go, he's probably going to give you a mid QB two performance, if yeah. not low end, but 
uh, he's still probably going to score more than, you know, general flex plays on your roster. And then you have this Chase Claypool. You've got a 2021 first round pick. My Lord. It's far. It's far too much. Um, We've got another trade. This is a 30 team league. uh, So quite big. Uh, Chase Claypool for a 2021 second round pick and a 2021 third round pick. That still feels very low to me, right? It does, but when you consider, um, yeah, it it does feel low, especially like it, considering the roster size. I think that's sort of the issue. Um, yeah, you know, it, those second round picks could be into the you know 40s and 50s, right? Yeah, that's that's sort of the issue. And you know, if you said uh, early second, early third, and this does look to be a um, a. a a IDP league. So that's one thing to consider is that, you know, some of these picks will be, um, you know, defensive players, but I still think still, I got to go chase Claypool. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, we will, we'll circle back to this in a couple of weeks and see what kind of trades you guys have been making. Please, please. If you have a chase Claypool trade in your league, uh, go ahead and tweet us at locked on dynasty. You can tweet uh, Kate at FF ball blast. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We would love to see your trade. So please send us your chase Claypool trades. Um, let's take a quick break so I can tell you about rock auto rockauto.com is a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts motor oil and even new carpet whether it's for your classic or your daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Kate, our final segment of the show, it's promotion commotion. We're going to promote these guys from our bench or some of these guys, maybe even from your waiver wire into your starting lineup in week six. Um, Kate, I'll let you go first. Give us a guy that you're putting in your lineup this week. I'm going to roll with Demir Bird. Uh, there you go. That, that sexy name. He's a guy I don't think we've brought up too much yet, but um, he has garnished over 22 targets uh, in the last three weeks, uh, put up 80 yards in week four against Kansas City. Uh, now they get the Denver Broncos. They get Cam Newton back in New England. Um, he's definitely been a, a, a go-to guy. He's had 72 yards in, in two out of the last three games. I, I think that uh, we have to maybe buy in. Uh, and, you know, it, it's not to say that I, I love Demir Bird, uh, the player, but um, he's getting the target share. And I think that, you know, especially in a PPR format, if you're looking just to get, a, you know, a solid 10 points, Demir Bird might mm-hmm. actually be one of the the safer options, and uh, the, the Broncos have been giving up plenty through the air. So I, I think this is is a good fit for Week Six. 
I like it. That's a good call. Um, I've got Randall Cobb as one of the guys that I'm looking at. Uh, here's the last four games. Five for 59, four for 95 in a score. Uh, kind of a dud, two for 36 against the Vikings. And then six for 47 uh, against Jacksonville last week. Um, he's going up against the Titans defense that, you know, just allowed four, or excuse me, six catches for 53 yards to Cole Beasley. I think Cobb can do a little bit more vertically than what Beasley can. So if you're looking for a guy that has... Uh, maybe that floor of 10 points that could potentially get you 17, 18 points in a PPR league if he gets into the end zone. I like Randall Cobb. That's not, it's not a bad play this week. All right, Kay, give me another one. All right, so while the, uh, the, the big play uh, exciting news was on Travis Fulgham this week, uh, I'm going to pivot back to Greg Ward, uh, another Philadelphia Eagles receiver uh, who's who's been – you know, not super lights out, but he has been seeing the target share. He has been seeing the the work. He's been seeing the offensive snaps. Uh, so I think you got to buy in at some point. Um, has had two touchdowns so far in the season. Uh, two of those in the last uh, th- three outings. Um, he's had let's see, twenty three targets over the last three games. It's not a lot, but you know, let's let's take this for what it is. It's a PPR play. Uh, absolutely. Um, I'm going to give you one more to close out the show. Uh, I don't know if you're like me, but when I in my fantasy leagues, both my redraft and dynasty, I always, always like to have a player in the final game of the week, whether it's a Sunday night or a Monday night game, just because I want a chance. It doesn't matter if I'm down 70 points. I want somebody on my team to at least give me a little sliver of hope. So the guy that I'm recommending to you this week is Andy Isabella. They play the Dallas Cowboys on Monday night football. Uh, you know, the, the Cowboys defense, I, I don't know what more we can say about them. They're just absolutely atrocious. Uh, the Giants going into to week five were averaging 11.6 points uh, per game on offense. Um, they hadn't scored 30 points or more in like two full seasons. What do they do against the Cowboys defense? They put up 34. Uh, the Cardinals are going to score a ton of points on Monday night. I like Andy Isabella. Uh, we know he's got great speed. We've seen him make plays down the field this season. Uh, in the last four games, he has at least two catches. Uh, we know that he's really the, the only player on this Cardinals offense with any kind of vertical speed. Would not surprise me if he catches two passes for 80 yards and a touchdown in this game. Uh, maybe he can get you Maybe he can get you uh, double-digit points. I just... He's a fun player. He's a, a you know a guy on a great offense against you know an historically bad defense. So uh, don't don't hesitate about putting Andy Isabella in your lineup if you need a what the heck flex. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you remember you can follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Please, please, please send us your Ch- Chase Claypool trades. You can follow Kate at FF Ball Blast. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy week six, and we will see you next time.